The Whitetail Bloodline Podcast is back with another episode. I'm your host, Gavin Sauters, and I appreciate you joining me. This is episode 45. My guest and uh, co-host, I should say, is Tyler Wilbur, part of the Bloodline, the new guy on the crew. He's from PA, and our main focus for this episode is talking about scrape, but as always, we get in a rabbit hole and we start talking about other things, like naming bucks, what it means, why we do it, and uh, why we like doing it so much. So we talk about that. We talk about Kentucky hunting since the Kentucky opener is less than a week away. Next Saturday, Tyler's making his drive down here to meet up with me and Dylan, and we're going to chase some whitetails, man. I got nine days. Dylan's got eight days. And Tyler's got five days to get after him. So we're going to do it. We got some good deer one real good deer we just got on trail camera this past weekend when i went and scouted so we got a game plan going into it got a great bunch of chase and uh, lots to talk about so i appreciate you guys listening to this one i hope you enjoy it and without further ado let's get tyler on the phone brother hey what's up man not much man ready to record this podcast me too brother so what's been new man you know busy weekend um did a little beer tasting yesterday yeah, that was kind yeah, of fun that. Mm-hmm. but um yeah man just kind of a relaxing weekend getting my stuff together and ready for friday hitting the road yep you got a what eight hour drive heading down to indiana to meet us for kentucky yeah, it's uh, nine and a half hours for me. Okay, that's not terrible. I mean, that's a pretty good drive, but it could definitely be worse. Absolutely, man. Hey, you know, we do some crazy stuff for Whitetail. No doubt, no doubt. So, uh, I know you got some new gear. Like, what was all the new gear you got? So, this year, um, I'm an OG guy. I kind of went back and... Um, uh, my my friends always laugh at me because I wear like what would have been my dad's camo back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I just like that primitive print. But uh, I got some original uh, real tree advantage camo. Gonna be wearing that. Um, and I did end up getting because uh, you were talking how bad the bugs were down there, so I ended up getting a thermosel. And um. You know, I figure that that comes in handy for turkey season. Got that. Um, got a new tripod for my camera. Uh, got the new camera, man. I'm ready. This is gonna be yeah. fun. So, did uh, did you figure out that camera? Yeah. yeah so, yeah, they sent it to me, and they tried to pull a fast one on me, but I was like, oh no, man. Um, <clears throat> the LCD screen was. It wouldn't go past the home screen, so like I couldn't make any adjustments. I couldn't even film really. It just was on the home screen of you know English or Espanol. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So I had to send that back, but I'm still bringing uh, bring my DSLR. Gonna bring my GoPro and my original camcorder, my Canon uh, for filming in the tree. Hell yeah, and uh, so. people listening, since we did a podcast last time we were talking about Kentucky, your boy found a giant, a you know, public land giant, man, so uh, <laughs> we, we finally got a game plan, we didn't really have, I mean, we had a game plan, and but we just didn't have that, those bucks we were looking for, we had them one or two year old bucks and a bunch of different spots, but uh, finally got this buck, and I luckily put two cameras back there, and then 
walking in before I knew he was on camera, I added another one close to it. So I got three over there in that area. And I think that's going to be our game plan, man. I hope you get here early enough uh, to go open a morning with us because then we're just going to sit a couple hundred yards apart on two of those, like, best trails that I found going into there as yeah. they're heading into those uh, private soybeans because they're it's, – it's a pretty small piece of public land. It's not huge. It's not, like, real, real right. small. But they're betting on private, walking through the public to get to the private beans. So uh, that's going to be our game plan, man, try to catch him in between. He came through the day at, I think it was 4 o'clock. So, I don't yep. know. Uh, we might hunt all day. We were talking about that. Maybe bring some food back there because these early season bucks, you never know when they're going to go head to bed or go get some more beans or switch their bed, you know. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, come Friday, I'm going to be hammered down after work, I'll tell you that. So, I I function, you know, one thing I took away from the military was operating on little hours of sleep. Yeah. I wonder if they – the place we're going will be closer or farther. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Pro- I mean, probably farther. Probably farther, but I don't know. Do you think it would be closer for me to meet you there at your house and we'll just ride over together? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be. You'll probably go 10 minutes out of your way to come to our house, but you'd have to go 30 the other way or something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, we'll figure it out, man. Come we got up, five man. more days, and uh, the season kicks five off. Five more. What? what did you What did you end up naming him again? Old Sea Biscuit, man. Come on. He's a Kentucky <laughs> buck. Oh, I, wow. live right, I, I live right next to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Sea Biscuit's a racing legend for people that like horse racing, and that's one of my things. Like, I'm not a better. Like, we go, we have a casino that's real close to us, and I've been there, like, half a dozen times. <laughs> I usually go to drink. I don't. I'm just not a gambler. I don't like spending my money on that. But when it comes to horses, man, I'll I'll throw some some bad pumps more. Cause I fucks with that shit. It's fun. Yeah, man. I've gotten into some trouble with them horses, man. I'll tell you. I'm man. Seven fifteen minutes from Churchill Downs. Twenty minutes. Oh my gosh! Come on, man. No, that's a great name, dude. I think I was when you said that to me and John. I was just kind of like, oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, it is a good. He's he's just. Big bro, he just seems lengthy. He might be a mature buck. He could be a four or five year old, just like that draw time buck out say. of in Indiana. Cause he's thick. Yeah, he is, man. He's got some real good mass. I do. There's we two or put three smaller the bucks there, that are going through there in daylight too, Tyler. So I don't know if you saw that. Is there's there multiple? Yeah. So there'll be some opportunities, bro. I saw the one. Yeah, I saw. The I think one. it was a six point in the spike, and uh, there's no oh, regulations. Yeah. I need to read up a little bit more in going into this week, but I don't think they have any antler restrictions or anything like PA does. So. Okay. Dude, I just want a velvet buck. Like I said, I'm hungry. I'm trying to end this drought. <laughs> you know, yeah, dude. I, want, I want that confidence back. <laughs> like, I still got it. Yeah, even if you shot, like, a smaller buck, I mean, we, we'll be fired up, dude. You've been on a drought. It's, you're out of state. You're nine hours away from yeah. home, so you're not going to have a whole lot of time to come back and It'd be a cool amount if you yeah. even did like a European with the velvet or uh, a backpack. Because if I shoot a smaller velvet buck, I might do a backpack mount. I I said that to myself, you know, going uh, me going to taxidermy school here um, in the winter. I actually this would be a really good opportunity. I just have to kind of research this. I know we talked about before that spray that we can if I do shoot one in velvet to yeah. preserve the velvet. Um, but I'll end up taking that with me to taxidermy school. Shit, I'll mount my own mount. 
<laughs> yeah, like I said, if you shoot him, we'll go to Walmart or something, get a big tub and fill it with ice and then uh, just keep it so it can't get wet. But that would make it – I feel like that would help your ride home, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm sure they have drives down there somewhere. Yeah. So. But we're going but, into it, man, five days. Five days and our season will start. We'll be me, you, and Dylan hunting. Uh, probably going to meet up yep. with these other guys from a, another group for a day or two. And then John Boy – or not John. John Boy will be taking his son. So we're going to be getting after him, man. Hopefully deer dies this first week. I think so. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty confident about uh, going into this season. I still am kind of like in a whirlwind of emotions. I'm like, man – you're about to be like your season's about to kick off in five days. <laughs> it yeah. has to be kind of like, all right, let's go do this damn thing. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie, man. I've not been shooting my bow this much this year because I broke my uh, uh, stabilizer thing. I can't think of what it's called, uh, string dampener. So I just haven't been shooting. Oh, yeah. You know. So, first time coming back shooting, I still haven't got it. That part will be in here this week, but you can shoot it without. And it really wasn't that loud without it. I, I thought it'd be a lot louder. But we went and hit a 3D archery course, and it has two different yeah, sections. Yeah, man, we, I saw that. Yeah, and we hit a 20 part, so there's 20 different 3D targets and all different scenarios, all different yardages. And I'm super glad I did that because I've never done that. And it was only 15 bucks, and, I mean, that got me ready for season. After doing that, I only missed, I think, once or twice the whole time, never lost an arrow. So, hey, that's a good day for me. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you guys are killing it. I saw, I, I was laughing when you guys got to the bear. I was like, dang, <laughs> shot him in the face. Yeah, we're sitting there like, bro, when do you see a polar bear in Kentucky? We got to put it in this dome piece. <laughs> or this, actually, this was Indiana. This was Indiana. Yeah, this place is only 15 minutes from my house. Yeah, that you said about maybe doing that a day down there. That would be fun. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you could do the course quick. If we're going in there just trying to bang it out. We could do those twenty in thirty, probably an hour. Yeah, I I used to shoot three D a lot last year, especially. Man, it was there's nothing like that. That definitely gives you a, a more of a confidence builder going in. Like you know, you're not just shooting at a bag target, you know, out on a vertical plane or I, I should say, sorry, horizontal plane. Yeah, because they said these ones are cool. It's in, like, ridge country, so a lot of the targets, you're shooting uphill, you're shooting downhill, and a couple of them, yeah. you got to shoot in between trees, and you get you just got to, like, it's just real good for scenario, because, like you're saying, you're shooting at a normal backyard target. There's nothing around. You're shooting at a big square. And here, you kind of have to, like, yeah. pick a little shooting lane, shooting angle, and just come up with stuff, because a couple of them, you'd have to slide narrow right over one branch or slide it in between a couple branches, and it was awesome, man. Like, I'm always yeah. confident in my shooting. I always talk about that. I talked about it on the live a while ago. Like, a lot of people do need to focus on their bow and their shooting. But uh, I don't yeah. want, mean it to sound cocky, but that's just not me. Like, that's not what I focus on. I focus on finding these deer because that's the hardest part is getting on these deer, man. For me, the shot comes yeah. comes after. Like, that's just second nature for me is shooting. I've, I'm a born killer, man. Second generation bow hunter, and uh, it's in, it's in the blood. might not be too long but i mean we got 100 generation for many generations but when it comes to bow hunting my dad was the one that started it off so and i just learned that since i've been That's doing this great. podcast i always thought like my grandpa and everybody did but he's like nope me and your uncle started doing it together and i was like well damn <laughs> well hats off to them man yeah so 
Yeah, you have to. That's I already talked to my old man. You're gonna have to eat. Yeah, you have to eat my old man. Uh, talk to my old <laughs> man and meet him. He's a cool dude. You'll like him. My mom's cool too. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to meeting the folks. Yeah, uh-huh. drive out to the property, show you that. Actually, when I'm, dude, my clover fields are like six foot tall in weeds. The clover's still doing real good underneath them. My our tractor's down, and so I got to get these food plots. And I wish I could have got them in this weekend; it would have been perfect. But I went down to the bottom clover field. I jumped up two fawns and a doe that were bedding in that clover and then tall weeds. Damn! I always like seeing no, the fawns. Have you guys man. Uh, been getting? Any, have you guys been getting any bucks over there? Dude, I haven't had cameras all my. Cameras are on public land because Kentucky comes in a month earlier, so I'll start snagging them <laughs> after a couple weeks. Nice. But you know what I mean. I tried. It took me forever to find that buck, man. I went out there six or seven different times, moving cameras, hanging more cameras, and it took until the weekend before until I got a shooter buck for me. Like I, honestly, with all these small bucks, I was like, maybe this is staying a good area because, dude, I had them in some good spots. So I was like thinking about shooting yeah. one of them smaller bucks, but. Seeing that buck, I was like, yeah, stick to your guns. Yeah. I was like, because yeah. I live close. Dude, I, I go every weekend. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I When you said that, I was in the bow shop getting my bow tuned. And uh, you sent that text. I was like, no yeah, what did I say? Way. Fucking monster or something like that. <laughs> I was like, no freaking way to And then when you sent it, I was that just blew me out of the water. The guy, the tech that was working on my bow was like, uh-oh, bad tech? I was like, no, actually, a great text. <laughs> he was like, awesome. Did you show him the buck? Yeah, he was like, wow, man. Because they, they hunt, um, the guys I take a piece with Terry Creek Outfitters, they're good dudes. Kyle, uh, he hunts up kind of near my cabin, actually. He's probably about 15 minutes from where I hunt upstate in Tioga. Okay. Um, so he's there. We're kind of on the whole state ground, you know, national forest upstate. Um, so we usually yeah. shoot the Kentucky bull. Kentucky and PA is there. a whole different ball game when it comes to bucks, man. Kentucky's got giants. You ain't kidding, man. When you sent that video, I was like, wow. I mean, I had my I, I sent to you and John tonight my one hit lister I got high and heavy showed up tonight. Um, this is yep, the second yep. time now. He's, showed up in the evening on my camera so i was kind of like man i mean he's only i don't know he's probably about 115 120 inch eight point but i'm stoked dude i've had history with that buff when you have that history the story is just a lot sweeter yep oh 100 man that's like when i killed homeboy last year that was like the first buck where i had three i think i had three years of history with him and it was just so cool dude like Killed him on the family property because I lost the, the property next door. And that's or this year I lost it. So I'm glad I got to hunt it as much as I did last year. But it ended up working out. I ended up killing him on my family property. I was the uh, third buck I've shot on that property in 10 years. So, I mean, I've passed a bunch. I always have a bunch of two-year-olds and stuff. So, I mean, that was awesome. But there's just, like you said, there's nothing more rewarding when you actually have, like, history. It's awesome when you shoot a, a big buck or a buck you're tickled to de- death with. But uh, when you have that history, yeah. a bunch of camera pictures with them, maybe some sightings, super, super awesome. I know, man. It's just, it just, I, I love it. I love people, you know, everybody has their different mindsets. You yeah. know, some people go in with the opportunity mindset, but then there's, like, them individuals that target a certain buck. And then you chase that certain buck and you t- 
totally pass up whatever else walks by you for that buck. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of tired of that show, Gavin. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it'll it's it's a it's a struggle, man. I've I've ate tag soup a couple years doing that, and uh, but it, if you're doing the right things and you're doing it for the right reasons, I'm a big believer it's gonna pay off for you. So stick to your guns and stick after it, because sooner or later you're gonna get after that buck you've been dreaming of, you know. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm at. I mean, I am confident the the spot that I hung a set at last weekend, pretty notorious rut funnel, um, mm-hmm. just real good, pre, uh, like real good rubs, uh, historical rubs in there, um, just kind of right at the base of the mountain. Actually, ended up making a mock scrape there before I left. Hung my camera over it. Which kind of wants me to dig into a topic, man. Let's talk about yeah. mock scrapes for a second. Yeah, let's talk about some scrapes, man. That's one of my biggest passions. That's what this episode's mainly going to be about. We're going to dive into scrapes pretty hard, ask each other some questions. We've been uh, actually here's the first question: How long have you been doing scrapes? So honestly, probably about three years. I really dove into the mock scrape thing. Started listening to. Uh, Jeff Sturgis and he actually was like the one that made me kind of have the light bulb um, of how effective a mock scrape can be Um, I've been doing it for three years and there's nothing like it man I'm going to be honest you can put you can put at the right location you can put a target buck you know if you, you really hone into the area you can put that buck where you want him with yep, the effective exactly. location in front of your stand. Um, that's something I always kind of look at when I'm going into an area like, ooh, where would be a good spot for a mock scrape? You know, and based yep. upon where your stand location is, I really, yeah. really hone in on that one, man. Yeah, if I can say, that's, that's one of the things, especially this year, we focused on it the past few years I've been doing scrapes like i'm i get more into it every year but i was like putting scent and making mock scrapes and putting them on natural like community scrapes for fuck i want to say 15 years at least i know for a fact i've been doing it like a lot yeah. in 10 years because ever since we own this family property i've always had scrapes on that but yeah I've, I've been doing it over a decade for sure and i've been using cooks i think i'm going on year five it might be year four i can't remember for sure cooks fatal deer attractants and it's it's a game changer for me. I've the amount of great pictures I've had, the amount of bucks that I've never seen put that out, and then they show up. Could be a coincidence, but uh, the way it happens, uh, starting to think it's not, man. That cook draws them in. But like you were saying, one of the most important things that you can do for scrapes is define that movement. Yeah. Because uh, you put these scrapes where you want, these bucks are going to check them. If if they're a good scrape, yep. you do them the right way, you get a a good scent on them, you get them started, and they start dispersing their own scents on it. I mean, there's nothing better you can do. That's what we do on the farm. This farm property, we basically hunt probably 20 acres of it to probably, I think, 80 acres, 60 or 80 acre farm. It's big ag field right in the middle of it. Takes up most of it. Ridges on the opposite sides. But what we're doing is we're creating uh, different scrape lines, basically. Some of the spots you put a a scrape by itself, but almost all these scrapes kind of form a long line. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or done anything like that. Yeah, I, I actually haven't. Um, kind of where I'm at is I come into an area and um, I try to make it natural. I 
you know, I am, I'm definitely going to get cooks to try and you guys, every, everybody's having it. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be one to sit here and say, ah, I'm not going to try it. No, I think I'm going to order me some cooks first things first. I think it'll change your, you change your shit, man, for real. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I did, I did dabble with, uh, Hodag having, had an all season kind of licking branch scent that I used to use, but, um, I kind of just started to not and really focus on my eye feel of my mock scrape uh, just to kind of get them to naturally hit it. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know what I mean? There's, I mean, you can't beat natural scent. Um, nope. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I have focused on in the past is just, you know, your three to four foot scrape bed with your five foot vine or whatever you have i don't that's something i want to ask you you, you ever target like a, a certain type of branch to use i do for me personally like when you're when you're making these mock scrapes in the summer and this time they dry out so quick but if you're getting these right. these trees like i will freshen these scrapes up like i'll cut because i zip time we can just kind of go through that there's so many different styles of uh scrapes you can use and yeah, uh, like there's a your community scrape. You can either yep. most people don't want to touch your community scrape. I'll do both. You can either make that community scrape look a little better, or that that's kind of risky. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. Usually, I would say like sixty to eighty percent of the time it'll work, and they'll they'll hit it just as much or more. Yeah. But adding a yep. scent and making them think of new deers on it for a community scrape, I think that's the best thing to do because especially when you're going into the rut, you can uh. When they're actually got the testosterone, they got that different scent going. You can put like a rut buck scent, and uh, Cook's, Cook's Fatal has that a dominant buck scent. I use the dominant buck; it'll work the same. Spray that on the ground like a new buck came in there. He's hitting this scrape like, "Hey, this is my area. I'm looking for these does." And then you can uh, rub some pre-orbital scent that he has on there, and a couple other things. I want to go into the scents later, but uh, okay. So the yeah. community, so that's what you can do for a community scrape. I don't know if you like. You definitely know what a community scrape is. What what would you oh, do definitely. if you ran into it like out there in PA? Like, what what's like community scrape? Um, I usually base it off of like what trails are coming together. Or not, you know, like that's the one thing I really key in is this humongous intersection of trails. Normally, yep. like a car hood size. Yeah, that's know, my favorite. At least bed. like two trails converging to a spot and that's yep. usually where yep. community scrapes are is where the trails yep. meet each other yeah this actually this last time up to the cabin i actually found uh it was probably one of my top five biggest community scrapes i found and it was i found it down in this ravine where these two ridges kind of butt together and when i was down there dropped a piece of milkweed and dude, the thermal poles in the morning. I was down there in the morning. It that that milkweed just kind of went up and it just hovered in a circle right up right up right above my head. Yeah. And what, seeing that, I was like, wow, this makes total sense. And that's one thing that I picked up from Ryan Glitzky just listening to him is man, them thermal hub scrapes are just killer. And I look over to my right, and there's this low hemlock branch, and there is just a huge car hood size scrape underneath it man i took a picture of it and i posted it the other day but seeing that i was like man i definitely yeah. marked that one on my onyx <laughs> yeah see that's also a thing to think about when you're you're when we're like developing our mock scrapes and making these scrapes better is think about last year when you're hunting the rut 
yeah. where do these bucks naturally put a put a real natural scrape? It's not a community scrape; it's just a scrape. Maybe one buck's hitting it, maybe five bucks are hitting it. Remember that past right. like data, and that's the the scrape lines I create my mock scrapes off. Every mock scrape line or, or that scrape line that I create, there's at least one or two real scrapes that are on that that line. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just I because they're, they're naturally they're, they're naturally going to hit that, and a lot of times these bucks will hit every scrape. If you got them on a good line, like one of our scrape lines is right on the the back side of the bean field. It's probably a hundred yards, hundred fifty yards long on that uh, shorter side of it on that back side, and we've created we had a vine sitting on it, which we'll talk about that too. We got a vine, we got a natural branch with a like a hanging branch off that to make the to scrape look better. There's a community scrape right in the middle that we don't touch. We put some scent on it, and then at the end we added a scrape tree. So I mean, that's nice. It's it's worked great, man. This farm property has been one of the best things for me in developing like my tactics for scrapes, just because these bucks love it, yeah. and it just teaches you so much. And yeah, so, it does, man. It, it does. Putting out that's one thing if I can say about putting out these scrapes, it really teaches you the habits of a whitetail seeing yep. that on your trail camera and seeing what they're doing that you know all throughout and i mean all throughout the season in velvet in the rut um late season you know they're hitting that that community scrape i've seen that and that's that's one thing you know for me i i don't know how many how many times you guys run your cams on video but i always have mine on video i just think personally you can learn a lot more from a video yeah, it's like that public land book. I thought it was pictures when I was looking through it. I was like, hell yeah, I got a picture. And then I pulled up and saved it. And it <laughs> pops up as a video. I'm like, fuck yeah. I was like, hey, even better, man. <laughs> it drains your, yeah, your batteries, cool. especially those like cheaper cameras and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, dude, that it's well worth the information compared to the battery loss. Absolutely. Absolutely agree, man. It just teaches you so much. It teaches you about a buck, like how he walks. You can kind of like, tell the type of buck it is. Like this drop time buck we had, he's yeah. a slow moving kind of buck. He's a dominant buck still. And then you got these other bucks like Curly yeah. and uh, and Rocky Balboa Jr. I don't know if we told you that we the, the buck we used to call the Big Ten. He's not a ten point anymore. So, <laughs> Did you name? Is that what you named him? <laughs> yeah. So since he shrunk this year, he's Rocky Balboa Jr. He might have been Rocky Balboa, but he got smaller, man. Rocky Balboa don't do that. No, he always gets bigger. But honestly, that's one of my that's favorite cool, things dude. is naming deer, dude. I love it. It's fun. I know, man. I ultimately, my dad laughs at me. This is this is one of the things. Whenever I find a deer, now it's kind of a an inside joke between me and my dad. He'll say, "All right, what's his name?" <laughs> so I have to come up with this name for him. It's yeah, funny, that's dude. that's kind of why it started for me with my dad because we'd be on yeah. the farm, or on our property, and he'd be like. What buck is that? And I'd be trying to explain. I was like, "That's a ten point." Whereas one one horn's a little curly at the top, and it's hard to explain like which buck it is because a lot of these bucks, especially yeah. in that area, they're all eight points. They're all ten points. You don't get no fun- very many funky bucks in that area. It's usually an eight point. Sometimes right. you get some tens and stuff. So it's just hard to try to explain what buck it is. But then when you name one old curly or drop down or Poseidon or sea biscuit, it just makes it easier, and it honestly, for me, it adds to the story and it just makes it sit cooler. Yep, yep. You develop that relationship easier with the name. I think that's what it comes down to mm-hmm. for me, anyway. Um, 
Yeah. All right, let's go on a rabbit hole. Real, let's go on a rabbit hole real quick. What is like? Let's go with a, maybe one or maybe a couple of your favorite bucks you've ever named throughout your hunting career, and like maybe talk about them for a second, and then we'll get back in the scrapes. Okay. Um. Well, obviously, Big Eight is. Yeah. Obviously, one of the historic chases for me. And I'm guessing um, he's a Big Eight. Just a monster. Something like I still will never forget the first night I saw him sitting at that soybean field in August. I was just going out. You saw him this year? No, no, no. This was okay. this was my first ever discovery. My first sit. I don't know if I sent you the video of that. I got it on my cell phone. Um, I was sitting overlooking this soybean field. I was right there during that like gray light period at dusk, yep. and. Uh, here's some a bear came out actually like five minutes earlier from him and i was like oh man probably another bear coming out and uh i'm looking there's that surrounds this field there's all these ferns and i remember just this vivid looking over across the field and seeing all these tines come up out of these ferns and i was just my jaw hit the platform man <laughs> like no way oh, this is walking out in front of me right now came out and I mean, Gavin, he got to like 25 yards broadside. My wind was blowing pretty much right at him the entire time. He never looked up at me or nothing. I was just like, man, that moment, <clears throat> that is what bit me. That bug bit me. I was like, okay, I'm going to chase this deer. I need to find him because I want to kill him real bad. <laughs> yep, yep. The more history with him, the more you want to kill him, dude. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if you can hear me burping, but I'm drinking these fucking Bud Light seltzers, and they are the most burpy fucking drink I've ever drank in my goddamn life. Hard to land. Throw, throw, throw them on the list, man. I, I mean, I hope, I don't know how people are going to like me doing the beer tasting, but I was like, you know what, man? It's different, man. Yeah, these of, these are fire. Different. They're like the tie-dye series or something. Like, I just, I already killed one since I've been here. Drank a Twisted Berry, now I'm drinking Blue Raspberry. I finished off. I actually put the one candy in the fridge because I liked it. So I just uh, I finished that one. Just sitting here now. I'm on Gatorade, rehydrating for the week. So, but, uh, but uh, big eight, man. You're on what year five history with him? Right. Yep. This is year five going in. Me and my dad. Bunch of pictures. Him. We posted him pretty recently, explaining the story to everybody. Yep, it's a five-year chess match with this guy, and I tend to put him in stalemate this year, hopefully. <laughs> Dude, I hope so, too. Hey, man, it's our year, man. I'm telling you, we've been putting in the work, and I'm, I'm a big believer in that. The people that put in the work, usually good things Absolutely. happen. Yeah, man, I, I really do. I feel like going into this season, I'm like, I feel this, like, wave of optimism. I was just saying that to John today. I was like, man, I just I love this, just riding this wave of optimism amongst us. Like, I think it's going to be a big year for everybody. Yep. That's the difference from having just a group of guys that have a page together and then having a group that are diehards like we are. Like, I finally have got to where I got a team that I'm, like, proud of. You know what I mean? Like, last year, oh, yeah. I, I was not proud of the team. They just didn't want to work that hard and weren't hunting like they were doing creating content so this year i got serious and i'm like we're, we're taking to the next level this year i'm going harder than i ever have i'm gonna hunt at least two states planning on yeah. hunting three and uh that's just the difference man people want it but how bad do you fucking want it yeah i'm right there with you man yeah i mean it's uh, i was just talking to my wife about this just the other day 
was like, I think I can do this. You know, uh, we got everybody start somewhere. You know, yep. everybody starts at the bottom of the ladder. And I'm like, she's behind me. Her behind me is just a whole different thing, man. It's, she's, That's one of the most important off, things, man. You got to have it. Me. Yep, you got to have a supportive wife, supportive girlfriend. I'm blessed to death with yep. the girlfriend I have because, you know, like you do a lot of work too. You're right there with me putting in the work. But, like, dude, I put in like the shit people don't see when I'm like creating all these posts, creating these reels, editing these yeah. podcasts. You know what I mean? It's it's time consuming yep. as shit. And she Absolutely. gets a little annoyed at it sometimes, which, which I understand that, man. I put. Every single day I get off work, it's at least two hours I'm doing something with the bloodline at the bare, oh, yeah. bare minimum. So, right. And I'm, I'm working 10, 11 hour days. So I'm getting home at six, seven o'clock, spending a couple hours on the bloodline. And I was talking to her about it. I was like, you think it's bad now? Just wait till uh, all these boys are sending me videos and I got to edit everything. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm gearing up for, I'm getting there. Uh, getting there. Next couple days. Uh, told you about that and uh i'm glad you're coming but, down though because okay. i can kind of sorry to interrupt but I, like i can kind of show you my editing style oh, and, like show you like my vision for the videos which each yeah they're going to be different it's different people filming it's different personalities but i kind of want to keep that core style you know what i mean yeah. i mean i mean so. yeah dude not to compare but I mean, look at the hunting public. They all kind of have that. They all edit. I mean, all of them are editing. I say that. Yeah. You know, so See, that's what I want. I want to get that to there kind of, one day. Yeah. And then, and, you know, um, but I I told the wife, I was like, hey, when I get this MacBook, I'm going to, I'm going to have to get me Adobe Premiere Pro on it. <laughs> yeah. Because Dylan was like, hey, we can start off so, using the Apple thing. And I was like, started messing with it. I was going to post my turkey video. I was editing it. And then I was like, dude, this just doesn't have editing. enough. I was like, the, the editing app I have on yeah. my phone is 10 times better than this. Yep. So we're just going to – I'm probably going like to wait to post that video right before turkey season starts next year to get us fired up, get people fired up for turkey season. That's, that's, that's a good – that's a good move. I support that. It's a, it's a funny so, video, bro. Just wait till you see me get fired up. It's it's hilarious. I'm pumped, dude. I still have yet. I want to see. I don't know if you can send me this. I want to see the footage of a uh, homeboy. No, yeah, I do need to remind me right when we get off. You're you all send me that. You will die laughing yeah. at the noises that, I've made. dude. I've made some weird noises, <laughs> but nothing like this. I was just trying everything to get him to stop because like, I knew I could get him to stop. He was definitely dead, but. Little did I know the neighbor spooked him, so he was not going to stop. Yeah, you just had to send it. You did. I did, dude. Chris Kyle, man. Aim small, miss small, baby. Woo! Yeah. Let's go. So we got... Give me, give me one of yours. Give me a name. Old Blade, man. That was the first big buck on the family property. Dude, right when we moved there, there was giants. There, I, I just because the neighbor that used to live there, he didn't hunt at all, really. He used to hunt a little bit before we moved there. He killed some good bucks on there, but he's just one of those guys that didn't hunt much. And he was a real cool dude. And then Parker from the Swamp Bros, he lived on the property next to that one. And I had permission to hunt okay. that one and stuff. And that's where I killed a bunch of my bucks. My Indiana bucks, like two or three of them came off Parker's family property. And, uh, that's but it. we had this buck called Blade, man. First year we got him, uh, I couldn't tell you the year. I'm probably 2015, 2016, maybe. 
and he was a big okay. eight point. I believe, yeah, eight point. And if you looked at his, let's just say it's left beam. I can't remember. You could see a point like right where his, uh, right after his brow tines going up to his G ones off that main beam. There was like a real slight kicker, maybe an inch long. You could just kind of see it that year. And I didn't put all this together until a year or two later. And then the next year, he turned real chocolate racked, the real chocolate racked. And then he oh. he, he grew that net, that point that started growing the year before real big, probably to four or five inches. And it was just crazy. It looked like a like a blade, it looked like a knife blade, kind of just like a flat blade that came right off his main beam. Super chocolate racked, thick buck. Like, dude, he was just a mean buck. I got multiple videos of him hitting this scrape, this community scrape that started off like a, a natural scrape. And then I've just been making into a scrape year after year and had him hitting that multiple times in daylight. Never actually saw him with my own eyes hunting, but I was spotlight one night and saw him saw him and it was just like dude i swear usually when you get trail camera pictures and then you see them in real life they're usually bigger it seems like yep. and he was right off yep. next to my property probably 100 150 yards off my property line when i saw him chase him for a few years never heard about him dying but uh he just disappeared after oh. that year and so i had two two years of history with that buck and that's what it happens man there's a lot of just gun hunters out there that don't post on social media and i don't talk to really yeah, any sure. of the neighbors over there so they he, he probably died but he was pretty old buck so i don't know he could have had a bad winter or ehd could have got him that's definitely that was like my first like i feel like go at like trail cameras with the buck but if uh i flash all the way back to virginia days we had this buck we called bowwinkle uh and nice. giant buck man we were hunting with a hunting club multiple people saw him i saw him one day like one thing that'll teach you how smart these bucks are they go to, we're in this huge cutovers and uh, we're hunting with a hunting club, running dogs back then. And these, uh, the guy putting the dogs in slides in with all the dogs, probably six dogs with him into this cutover. And right when he goes in, he's in there for maybe two, three minutes, gets in a hundred yards, 50 yards, however far he got in that thicket. And old Bowwinkle goes right out across this huge field, runs 800 yards the opposite way that right when he came in. So that makes you think like how often does that happen that big bucks just lays up lays up hunk hunkered up and then you walk by him and then without you even knowing he slides out of there and he gone that's crazy uh, man but that's that's nuts man yeah how many times you see that though these these monsters just hold up in the tiniest bit of cover oh yeah dude like people with dog on running dogs because they've never experienced it until you experience it you shouldn't have an opinion on it that's my my two cents yeah. about it like i don't want it in indiana but anybody says it ain't fun is lying because it was a fucking blast there's not a more fun style of hunting out there maybe it's not the most uh what's the word i'm looking for like right way to hunt the most i can't think of the word right now but it's fun man. yeah orthodox, orthodox. But, <laughs> dude, it, it's a three buck state there right they hit so many deer a year, so they're just trying to, like, kind of wipe out the, the deer numbers just because they're crazy in Virginia. But, dude, I've seen – I've learned so much running dogs, like deer movement. You obviously – these deer are running. They're running away from these dogs, so they're, they're running in certain areas. And after hunting there for six, seven years, you, you learn where the deer want to go through, and that teaches you so much in itself. People don't think about that. You learn deer movement so quick when yeah. these deer are getting trailed by dogs usually we don't run big dogs. Like we, every once in a while, run the walkers or the black and tans. But usually we run in beagles. 
And uh, when it's beagles, these deer were not, like, running like a bat out of hell. They're kind of just skipping through because a beagle ain't catching no deer. You know what I mean? Yep. One yep. of the craziest things I've ever seen while deer hunting, I'm with the, the owner of the hunting club, old David Grant, called him Farm on one of the nicest, best guys I've ever met. He taught me a whole lot. Great dude. Got a deer in about 30 seconds. It'll blow your fucking mind. He's crazy. He's got a thousand wow. deer in his life, though. But uh, we're sitting there, I'm riding with him. We're like, hey, we're going after these dogs. The dogs get a couple miles away. These dogs will run sometimes when you got the long-legged dogs. And we're watching these deer. And we're watching these. The dogs are pretty far behind them. These deer bust across this huge field. And there's this big thick of the trees. Like, they piled up some big trees and stuff. You know what I mean? And we yep. watched. It was like three or four does run up to that pile, jump up on the pile of these trees, and dive into the pile. Dogs come running by, they ran by the pile, and the deer took off the other way. You know, like that's, when, when that's do you see shit you like that? It's crazy. Yeah, I, me and my dad actually, we went up. This was probably, yeah, I'd say about two years ago. We went up late season hunting, and there was a, just had snowed about six inches while we were up at night, and we got up. And I was like, well, this hike is going to suck with all this snow up in the mountains. So we're like, yeah. let's go see if we can cut some tracks. And then let me tell you, fresh snow will tell you a lot about the deer movement on a place. Oh, yeah. Um, dude, I would love would, to come up to we PA cut a set and of, do that. That would be fun. Oh, dude, it's it's stuff you, they, like, I mean, sticking to the snow on the mountain is probably closer, like, 10 inches on the mountain because of the drifts and stuff like that but these deer men would go through this huge you know laurel thicket and then they we always find you know we ended up catching a set of really big tracks that we started trailing and it was funny like you could tell this buck he would go through and there would be a herd of does in there and check them and they would constantly get up you know that's one thing my dad told me he was like I'm going to stay looking up ahead. You look left to right because they constantly J-hook off their trail. They'll always circle back, um, yeah. which is actually really, really crazy to see how they actually maneuver through this bedding and stuff like that. Really tough. Just look. always, always wild, stuff bro. Like that yeah, because we got always. some snow. I don't, I don't know if you ever saw that video. We got snow at the farm, and uh, we decided to go shed hunting. And uh, yeah. we're on these ridges, bro. And it was like icy snow, so it was slick. And yeah. uh, did you see that video of me sliding down the hills? <laughs> I did, bro. You were flying. So lucky I did not get hurt. I don't know how I didn't get hurt. I hit that fucking tree so hard I flipped over it, dude. I was, I was like, the best part of that video is I was like, I right, gonna hit this natural made slide, and there's a tree falling down that makes like a slide. It kind of like circled, just like a slide. So I thought I could start going fast and dig my feet in and stop, but it was a little bit too icy, son. And uh, there was no stopping until I hit them trees at like thirty yards down the fucking hill. Hit them, <laughs> rolled over them, and then I, I'm instantly like, "Well, that went a little faster than I thought." <laughs> but dude, yeah, just when I was walking there, I, I ended up we ended up as we were walking in, we jumped up bucks. We could see like a buck with still had both antlers, one head like one of his sides. So I followed those tracks. And it taught me a lot. It taught me how they're getting up that hill mainly from the other side of the ridge. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I and, and it showed us a trail we didn't even know was there. 
because they did that. They J-hooked it. They run down to the corner of the ridge, and then they J-hooked down right yeah. below where, where we jumped them up at. Yeah, they're actually we, um, when we were on that fuck, we actually cut this trail that and switch back up the status ridge for them to get to no idea what when you get fresh snow you can kind of see like the indentation in the snow like a trip old trip yeah. oh yeah um, for sure go switch for this and across this top it was wild it tells you about you know how these like how they're using this trail to yeah, for sure. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you just broke up for a split second, but you're good. But yeah, man, snow's crazy. I, I love that, dude. Snow hunting, like getting in big country, like where you're hunting in PA, like I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Like it, It's a lot harder because we're trying to do everything with two guys now for the most part, you know what I mean? When we're hunting yeah. together, we're going to have a cameraman yeah. to get that better footage, and that's just a whole different ball yeah. game. And honestly, I was thinking this, dude. Honestly, the better our odds, we might want you to sit first or by yourself, but if you get here open in the morning, what if we all three climbed in a tree and we ended up shooting a buck? Wouldn't that to me be the most legendary fucking video you've ever seen? Have you ever seen three dudes sitting in a tree standing <laughs> together? needs one tree or we make it our, our, <laughs> that's gonna be the name you gotta tag that right now dude uh our three opening episode three dudes one tree <laughs> <laughs> tell me that wouldn't be fun though because if you were in the tree we'll have dylan That'd filming one of them smaller bucks walk out you smack him old sea biscuit walks out yep. i'll smack him I think it would be fun. Dude, I mean, Something I'll, to think about. It's it's, it's one more person, one more scent, but I think it would be fucking fun. Start the whole hunt off, all three of us hanging and banging in a tree, man. And then <laughs> it would be easier, too, because we could share some climbing sticks. You know what I mean? It would be interesting. We could. We could. That's it's um, we could I'm put you on a tree right next I'm... to us or something. It's yep. just something different. I've never seen yeah. it. So if it actually worked out and – just imagine if it worked out and you shot a buck, the amount of noise and fired upness. Dude, like, yeah, the little buck walks out first. Big boy's like, hey, I'm going I'm to let little brother walk out. Tyler punches it at the pump station. Oh. He runs, dies, inside 65 yards. And then old sea biscuit comes slow rolling in there like Eeyore. And Gavin puts him at eight yards in that pump station, drops him in his tracks. Come on, baby. <laughs> and then you hand your bow to Dylan as his second by third buck walks yeah, out. <laughs> then old nanny does walking by and we need some meat, baby. We got the bugs. Smack that nanny doe. Dude, shit like that happens though, dude. One of the That's craziest videos I've ever seen was a black yeah. rack video. It was like the year Black Rack came out. This dude's or their uh, cameraman set up two guys in a tree. He he rattles this buck in, shoots it, and then have time to like do video of how he was rattling in the sequence. So they start doing the sequence just to show it. Yeah. Rattles in another buck, hands his bow to his buddy, and his buddy shoots a stud within like 10 wow. minutes, 15 minutes of each other. Yeah. I mean, dude, nothing would so in the location. Mm-hmm. Personally, I mean, could we get 
three yeah. of us in there and that area, you think that would work out? Yeah, like, uh, you know the picture I sent you? The one where he's walking through at nighttime? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That spot's thick. That'll be a harder spot. It's not even very far, but it's a little off the river, so it's thicker. But down there by the river, it's got good size yeah. trees. Like, you could – and there, a lot of them are real close to each other, so you could put me and Dylan in a tree and then put you one right next to us. Only thing is hanging wow. in the dark, bro, is a motherfucker. I bet. But I've never had a nice year. Me and out. Dylan went into it. Dude, me and Dylan went into it last year. I was I was using the bottom of a summit climber and then a, a tree seat. That's just a seat that straps around the tree. And that was my mobile yeah. setup last year. That XOP is nice, man. I need to check that out when I get down there to you. Yeah, it's awesome. The way it sets up, honestly. I don't think I've ever seen anything on the market that sets up nicer. Some stuff's lighter and it's 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 great, but like the way that the the sticks go on there with the J hooks and then it holds the seat up so you can put your backpack on the seat. It's just a legendary setup. Dude. Yeah. It's, it's next level. I do, man. I I like my setup I got going this year. I got the running the Hawk helium. Um, yeah. I like where you put your sticks. I- I, mean, a, I never even would have thought of that yeah. on the side. Yeah, on the side, yeah. I've been doing. I saw some pro hunting public for that. Oh, man. I always am trying something new, man. That's one thing you'll come to know with me. I'm always trying something new with my. Yeah, I tried to add my lone wolf double, double steps because I was gonna, I was gonna put two of those. Uh, like the three-step lone wolf double steps and then have two of those yeah. XOP, but I just couldn't get it to sit on the stand right because the J-hooks are like made for the XOP. Wolf. Dude, me too. Them lone wolf Dude, if you want to carry those while you're out here, I know you just got new sticks, but I got them and they're not going to be used. Uh, yeah, I Rigged up, brother. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. <laughs> my my yeah. bin has been packed since last night. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm going to start getting my stuff ready this week. And I'm going to go buy a couple more arrows. Like I was talking, I sent you in the group chat earlier, but I mean, I did this on purpose when I bought my arrows a couple years ago. But I got the Bloodline arrows, baby. Easton Bloodline? Come Easton on. Easton Bloodlines. That's a good, that's a good arrow. Yeah. Is um, it? See, I don't know much about arrows, but I. But when I did buy those, I was like, I might as well try to buy a more higher end up arrow. Stop buying these cheap ones. So, there, that's a good. I mean, that's, I, I, I've been running the carbon arrows. I was running the victory rip two KOs, or not the two KOs. They were just the rips. Um, I liked them. They, those are the carbon arrows with aluminum wrapped. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Smaller diameter. I'm an old school guy. That's that's. Just, I'm an old soul. <laughs> I go with what what has worked for me all throughout the years. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I like change yeah. all that much sometimes. But um. Yep, I'm with you. But anyway, man, I went up to Bass Pro today and got some broadheads because I looked yeah. and I only had two strikers in my quiver. So yeah. I'm like, well, I better go to Bass Pro, go get some broadheads. And they didn't have um, any strikers, so I ended up going with the Montex, the G5 Montex. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Dylan, he was he tried to go to fixed blade, and he, the guy was like, "Dude, we can do it. I can probably do it pretty quick. Get your bow ready." And Dylan's like, "Nah, dude, my bow's good. He shot that fixed blade or that mechanical, and it was shooting perfect." So, Dylan's back on the fixed blade or mechanical. I was getting mixed up. Nice. What what's he what's he running this year? Oh, I want to say he's doing an NA. No, he's got Rage. I think he's got the Rage Hyperdermics. He just bought those. Okay. Which, Rage Hyperdermics. Which, yeah, he's only he shot his first buck with a bow three years ago on the farm property, our first year hunting it. And he shot it with his dad's old bow, shot it with some fixed blades, and he, he put it down. But for me, man, next year, once I get this new bow, I was looking at bows at the bow shop today. They're they're not as bad as they used Where to be, I feel like. I feel like bows are coming. They're coming down. And, I agree. Uh, I agree I'll, with you there. I'll, I'll probably I'll switch my setup like the those wreck broadheads the guy we did a podcast with I think because yeah. John shot them I watched a bunch of videos on people testing them and they're wicked dude for a if that's probably what I'm gonna shoot if I do make the switch which I don't even know if I'm gonna make the switch I might try one of their uh, mechanical broadheads but if I do that's what's gonna be it's a low profile and it's just wicked because you buy it one time and you yeah. can replace the head and stuff like that yeah I I told I told John today I was like. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for next year. I'm definitely gonna try out the rest broadheads. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a great dude. We had that podcast. Uh, had an awesome time. That was a good podcast. Him. Yeah, he was he was real nice too. He's a Michigan guy. The Michigan guys are they're diehard. They're like it's a state like PA, but I feel like they're just a little more on the diehard side than PA is. It's a grind up there, man. That's I mean yeah. I I say it all the time, PA. It's bad, but Michigan is worse. I can't. I would like to go hunt there one day. There. I I say we one day maybe next year. The year's coming. We got many years to hunt some whitetails, but uh, I think that'd be fun, dude. Yeah, Just yeah. go chase some of them northern Michigan like big country where wolves are up there and shit. I think it'd just be like oh, yeah. a different experience. Because my goal, man, the bloodline runs deep, and I'm killing every whitetail in every state. It's happening before I die with a bow. I know. I, I think with a I'm gun gonna, too. I'm, I'm, gonna, so I'm, gonna, like, I'm gonna do it with a gun as well to to kick it off. But one day I want to get them all with a bow. I'm gonna get me a a map of the United States, and I'm gonna put a pin in every state and so far I've only killed PA. So, well, Iowa got, can't, yeah, can't so forget Iowa. Iowa. I got as Iowa now, in there, but I got I got two. I got Indiana and Virginia. So nice. I've killed some good bucks in both states, man. That's what I was talking yeah, to Dylan about that, man. Uh, I haven't killed, like, a, a bunch of bucks with the bow, but I was thinking about it. Like, me and my family, we go hunt exotic ranches and stuff just because it's fun. My dad, uh, he got in a bad wreck, yeah. so he can't walk and hunt like he used to. So we'll go do that with, like, when my cousins come into town, we'll go kill some boars or kill some fallows or something. And I honestly think that's kind of why I'm so confident with the bow because since I was pretty young 15 16 years old I was doing those hunts so I've killed all together with a bow I probably killed at least 10 animals with a bow at the at the minimum you know what I know you know what I mean because I've killed shit I don't know yeah. more, more than that 15 15 animals with a bow and once you get to start killing like your higher number That's with a bow good. just second nature and then I killed some with a crossbow when I was really digits. young yeah, I feel like once you return double digits, I feel like you're you're getting on to something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, man. Well, let's get yeah. back on some scrapes for a what, little bit. What's your what's 
They're you want to go back to stripes? No, you're good. What are you about to say? We, we got time, man. This is just this is the Bloodline podcast, man. We ain't. This is just one of a, the good old boys, part of the crew. We got another one with your buddy that's going to come out this week. That that I'm excited for that yeah. one. I'm going to have to yeah. start right now. Right. I'm getting some questions ready. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. I think he'll be a great guest to have on. He's filled with knowledge. Um, no, I was going to say, what's your – let's go back to the names. We were going about hit listers. We came up with uh, Blade and Big 8. Yep. I guess it's back to my turn. Dude, another one I sent you today. Hi. He's been on my hit list for – this will be the third – yep, third season going after him. Yeah, he's a good buck. Um. He's a good buck. You know, he's a buck. Uh, when I first saw him, he really hasn't changed much. He just maybe got a little bit heavier uh, in his rack. Big deer, horse mm-hmm. of a deer. Um, but I just think he's just nothing better than a 115, 120-inch eight-point, which for PA, shit, I'll take it. <laughs> yep. You know? No but, doubt, uh, man. He's just been a buck that has always, you know, I've hunted him. Every year, I kind of put my due diligence in, and I'll go sit a time or two down in his kind of core area and see if he comes through. The one year he did come through was the year that I found him. Uh, he was dogging this doe, and I was trying to get him to stop. But, man, when they're on a mission and they got something else on the brain, it's hard to stop a buck in the rut. Uh, oh, yeah. He you was running and chasing this no way man he was dodging in and out of the clear cut i heard him coming 100 yards away buck falling all the way through the clear cut i was like holy crap this is awesome and then i look and here he is you know i was like oh my god that's my hitless buck like grunting full show man after that i was hooked i was like i gotta kill this buck but mm-hmm. i don't know man i saw him tonight seeing him kind of gave me a little tickle in my stomach i was like all right it's on, brother. <laughs> I'll yep. see you on the playing field. <laughs> yeah, for me naming bucks, but, uh, dude, like having the farm is amazing because one of the neighbors, they got a great property, big property. They manage whitetails as well. They don't shoot small bucks. So we got the opportunity of letting bucks walk here, which is I've never had that. You know what I mean? Usually you let them walk, they're going to die. That's just how precious right. some of these areas are. But – uh. I'll, I'll go with three of the bucks that we have quite a bit of history with. I'll start with Curly. Last year, well, I think it was his G2 was real Curly. Just like it sounds, did a huge curl. So we named him, I think it was right. October 1st, opening day. Me and Dylan climb up in our double set. And we're sitting in there. We're pretty loud, bro. It was our first hike, or not first hike, first uh, hunt of the year. And we had an e-cig. We're trying to quit him this year just so we're not smoking an e-cig in the tree stand. But Dylan drops it, or I dropped it. So he climbs down, grabs it, climbs back up, and we're sitting there for about an hour. And then we watched Curly bed. He bed about 80 yards from us in the power line thicket. So uh, that was our like first time seeing him. And he was a two-year-old last year, or three-year-old. He, no, he's probably a three-year-old last year. Uh, if, if not, he was a big two-year-old. So that was cool. We got history with him this year. He's back. And he's just kind of a cool buck. He's cagey. He's kind of like a – that's the best way I can describe him. He's just like a cagey eight-point and – just a beautiful, typical yeah. A-point. He kind of lost that curl. You can still see it if you look at it. He still kind of got that curl yeah. at that same point. So we got him, which uh, I'm putting him at four. He could be three, though. So he's three or four. Then we got drop time. First picture we get of him. We didn't even put this together until this year. 
the first picture we get of him, we just start hunting the property. Didn't put any trail cameras on there. I hunted one evening, and uh, as I'm walking in, I put this camera where I, there was a rub. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to spray some cook's fade on this little little tree right here, make it seem like a buck was rubbing it, and I spread some dominant buck scent stick on the rubs itself. Put that camera there, and this good eight-point walks up, and the little no, it was going to end up being drop time. That year was the last year he wasn't a drop time probably a three-year-old maybe a four-year-old that year just your normal eight point good eight point and then the next year he developed a drop time we got pictures and videos of him all season so uh he should be here this year come fall he's just a smart buck dylan actually saw a drop time with his own eyes he was hunting on the ground hunting those scrapes which we're going to get back into and he saw him about 80 yards and he didn't end up working to that scrape he ended up working the other way and then me and Dylan were hunting together filming, and we could we heard him walk in, and uh, we, he came to the edge of the cornfield at about 80 yards, 90 yards, and came out of last light, and that's when we had uh, the landowner, Dylan's father-in-law, yell, and he scared the drop time off, and drop time just went running down the ridges and ended up coming back yeah. pretty quick. I mean, he was gone for a few days, but got a lot of history with that buck, man. He's just smart. He's old, and, I mean, many sightings, like Dylan uh, – father and his mother-in-law would tell him yeah drop time was over here by the road this morning sitting in the in the cornfield blah 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 so he's he's, <laughs> he's a big buck he's just one of those bucks he's an he eight is, point he doesn't get real tall he's a he's got a lot thicker this year he gained some length on his uh main beam his, his time length's about the same he just he gained some mass and i mean we got hundreds of hundreds of pictures and videos of him oh dude he's a horse he is an absolute horse i he bet is. he's He's over 250. He's got to be, I would say, 250 pounds. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big deer. When that was one of the first things I noticed when you sent him to me, I was like, my God, that deer has a huge body. <laughs> yep. And then uh, one other buck we got year here's year two history with at least we could have had him as a one year old, but that's hard to tell. And uh, it's pretty boy. Last year he's a two year old, just a. I think he was a seven point. His left side grows a little different than his right side, so he's kind of easier to tell. And then this year, he just blew the fuck up to the probably the, the biggest scoring deer on the farm. So we don't know. We didn't pay yeah. much attention to him last year because he was a smaller buck. So we don't know if he stays on the property in the fall. So we're looking forward. He's already shedded. He's one of the, the first bucks that shedded. He's completely white antlered already. Got him on cell camera a couple times. And yeah, man, that's a that's the bucks I that come to mind because I've only been doing this like hunting certain bucks for probably five years, four or five years yeah. is when I've been diving hard into it. I've always like got trail camera pictures, named my bucks, but like focusing trying to kill them the past five years. Yeah, that's the same here. Honestly, ever since Big Eight, after before that, I was more of an opportunist. I would, you know, yep. three points yep, on one too. side, I'm sending an arrow. Yeah. Like, back then, I didn't focus on my truck camera data and, like, put stuff together, and now that's what we're doing. We're like, okay, he's walking through. What's the wind doing when he's walking through? Why is he walking through there? We're just thinking a lot more methodical than we used to, and that's the difference maker. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, man. I, I was listening to a podcast at Steve Church. That's who yeah. did that trail cam study. Sent to you. That, that was an awesome podcast filled with information kind of especially from my neck of the woods um after hearing all that i was i was like okay how can what's something i can add going into this season to help me kind of 
close the distance on this bad boy. And, you know, I, as I was telling you, I downloaded this uh, historical weather and wind app on my yeah. phone. And I just kind of started referring back to all my trail cam videos and photos of Big 8 and, like, see if I can, you know, kind of log that in there, see if I can figure out a pattern on uh, this wind this day he's traveling on this ridge. Or, you know what I mean? Kind oh, of, yeah add to that man um but no i mean other than high and heavy i had a buck that came on to the camera just this year um or i should say i, I mean he i've had a couple of years of history with him but he came back this year and has exploded into a freak and that was a little buddy that one i showed you up at my cabin yeah, he, he started out as just this little basket dude i bet you it was probably his first Looking back and looking at his body features, I would probably put him at four and a half, five, maybe, this year. Um, but, I mean, for his second year rack, he was a little eight-point, but he had mass. But it was a real yep. tight rack. And then second year, I got him on trail camera. He turned into uh, a nine-point, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, his main beam split at the end. And uh, this year, man, he just he blew up everywhere like he got wider he got taller he got heavier now he has like stickers around his faces i was just like so much character you know you let them bucks get to a certain age and they will load with character mm -hmm. so yep. he's on the hit list and uh he's in the area this area that i've disrupt funnel and um I'm not going to be picking, man. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. This year, hey, you've been, you've been dragging for... it out, bro. Or not dragging it out, but you've been, been hunting hard and like going it's after it. So, I mean, sometimes you just got to let the arrow fly, bro. Make make you remember uh, what it feels like to shoot again. Come on. I need, I need the confidence back, man. That's what Kentucky – Kentucky's my buffer for the season. That's what I'm yeah. calling it. <laughs> worst comes to worst, but, I can uh, get us on some does, man. I got many trail camera areas that just dope loses. Like everywhere, honestly, that's everywhere right. I put a camera had does on it every single spot in daylight. And I jump up does yeah. every time I'm I'm walking through there every time. It's just there's a lot of does. It's just yeah, kind of hard to hunt. What? So I feel like people won't shoot them because it's hard to drag them out. Because I jumped up that doe in the fawn. Uh, yesterday and the, the the fawn ran through the woods but the doe went right through the swamp bro jumped up wow. ran right through the swamp wow you get how many how many doe tags you get with your kentucky license is it three uh i think it's two but i don't know i know okay. for residents you can buy as many as you want i'm pretty sure it's the same for non-residents you it's like unlimited wow. doe tags I know that for a fact right. for residents. Like, you can just keep buying them, I'm pretty sure. I'm thinking, dude, probably day three, if we have no luck, I'm probably going to send a doe. Yeah. Dude, I think I'm going to get you on a buck. I think I'm going to get you on just a, a buck. And not saying it's yeah. going to be a giant, but I'm pretty sure I can put you on a buck. You put me on a buck, man, and I will do my damnness to. <laughs> Yeah, because we all get in those scenarios. I may be a little rusty, brother, but I've been yeah. practicing. I can tell you that. I got four <laughs> spots that smaller one or two year old bucks are going through pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not going to be picky. A Kentucky buck for me is a uh, Kentucky velvet buck for me. If that is 
that's an adventure in itself. So that's something yeah. I want to be able to say. Hey, I did. Yeah. So it's gonna be yeah, a good man, time, I'm dude. looking forward to it. I am. All right. So, uh, all right. This kind of let's get back on some scrapes for here. We're going a little let's over an it. hour, so let's get back on that. If you kind of okay. want to take the reins, I can kind of steer it too. But uh, I've been doing mock scrapes yeah. a little while. If you you kind of have some questions about scrapes or anything like that, and you want to shoot them towards me, we can do that. Or kind of just, yeah, just yeah. talk about them, man. There's there's a lot to talk about when it comes to scrapes. There is, man. I I guess the first thing I'll ask you is, um, you know, is there like what do, when you're going into an area, like what are you looking for 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 location uh, of a mock scrape? Okay, so let's we can talk about the. Kentucky public land. Or, yeah, let's go into that. Or public land in general because scrapes are good. Yeah. You can't, you're not supposed yeah. to cut trees down and stuff, but you find a fallen limb or something like that. In From what I understand, right where I got that big buck picture, I had a piece of my backpack. It was like a little rope that broke. So I grabbed mm-hmm. that limb that was broken, still had some leaves on it. They were a little dried out, but I hung that, that limb right over just, because there was a couple trails going through there, hung that right there, and then broke up the ground, and instantly dozed, and the little bucks, the bigger buck, because I didn't put no scent on it or nothing, because uh, Kentucky's one of those states where I don't think you can put any scent. Maybe synthetic scent, but I, okay. I believe it's no sense. So uh, I just gotcha. did that, broke up the ground, and just made it a little visual pleasing. Nothing special. Like, the location wasn't, like, great, great, but the, the, the deer had to walk by it, and it was just visually, right. like, different, and it just stuck out. You know, uh, I got the videos. If you look on that video I posted, you can see the deer walking up, and that's what they were hitting with that little scrape I made. So, honestly, yeah. it's just like a visual. You break up the ground, and there's no yep. bare dirt anywhere else around there. The deer are going to know that, notice that, you know. Yep, I agree 100% with you. Like, whenever I go into an area and I'm looking, I actually put my scrapes right on the trail. I want to force that deer to that spot and almost yeah. – to the point where they have to move their head out of the way so they don't get the line hanging over the trail. And also, uh, we do a lot of like uh, presets, like stands that are going to hang there all season long, just so we can, especially on the farm, that we yeah. can sneak in there because a lot of them are right next to bedding. Like when we climb up, we could be sixty yards from a bed of buck in a couple of these spots. And we put the scrapes where we can shoot. Like on the one that's on the back corner of this ridge, there's a trail that follows the ridge, and then there's one that comes up the ridge right there. And right when it comes up, I added a vine. There's a vine scrape that hangs right there in the middle of both those scrapes that converge, the one coming up and the one following the side of the ridge. And so, like, right when they walk up, they have to walk right by this vine, and every single buck that walks by, they hit that, they smell it, they put their scent on it, and that's in 30 yards. That's a 30-yard shot straight in front of the – the yeah. shooting stand because the cameraman stands behind him filming over his shoulder and then to the left we got one right. more shooting lane that's if you're saying 12 o'clock the first one would be 12 o'clock and then the other one would be what that nine o'clock and uh we just yep. cut one shooting exactly. lane so you can shoot right to this scrape and we added that one with a bunch of limbs just a bunch of hardwood limbs that's what i, I like the best just because they they last longer once you, if you like in the yeah. summer they dry out quicker but if you add these hardwood limbs or a mock scrape tree that's a hardwood in like the fall yep. going into like october it'll have leaves on it for dude one of my scrape trees had uh, leaves on it the next year 
So that's why I like the hardwood. Yeah. It keeps the leaves, and the, the deer like the leaves better. Some people say that they don't, but their their scent just like absorbs like a sponge in those leaves. And all my experience doing it, if you have a bunch of like, like when I'm doing these, it, let's just say it's a normal scrape. I'm adding on a trail. I'm just hanging limbs off a, nut, a normal limb. I'll grab a bunch of limbs. I will zip tie them together so they're kind of going in different ways. And then I will put that vertically down right off a limb. And yeah. those bucks tear it up. When there's a bunch of leaves in there, they will wrap their face in it like nobody's business. I got many videos yeah. of it. So I'm a big believer in that. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the way to do it, man. Just make it like a big bushel of, of trees so they can put their scent on it. And it just sticks out. It sticks out like a turd in a punch bowl when you got a hanging branch that's full of leaves on it, right, with a broken up spot <laughs> like that. right below it. I like that analogy. That's good. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what I key into. I'm glad I'm glad you said that about the location to where uh, you can shoot to it. Um, I, Always, like I said, man, again, every like, tree stand you have should have at least one scrape that you can shoot to. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I mean, I do. I know you said about the hardwood branches and stuff. Um, for me, like the leaf thing, hundred percent. That's why I've mainly focused on beach tree. They'll still yep, have I like the leaves in the, in the late season. They like that um, in the, the so I, a lot. I, yeah, uh, beech trees and also any evergreen, really. Um, yep. You know, and it's cedars are good. We got um, a lot of cedar around here. Cedars, yep, yep, yeah. We have some cedars, but uh, anything like that, like you said, like a sponge absorbs that scent and just holds that scent. I mean, like you said, that that I don't know if you saw the other day that uh, scrape video I sent you. That buck was just rubbing his face and his preorbital glands in that uh, limb. That was that was another buck. He was on the hit list. But um, speaking of your yeah, videos, the wildest video I've probably ever seen is one that you just posted and one you sent us of a black bear fucking with your trail camera, <laughs> and then he just gets butt hurt <laughs> like a three year old kid and runs up and tries yeah. to rip down your vine scrape, like grabs it like perfectly uh, in the middle. That was crazy, dude. I was I was laughing at, at that card pull. I I couldn't believe it. He was just like a three, like you said, like a little kid for like a. Looked like he was pouting when he got off the truck hammer. Did he was he man? Got, he definitely got, was. Whatever. <laughs> he was big mad because he grabbed that thing, and I was like, "You bastard!" Yeah. <laughs> I was ruining my setup. It's funny because you're oh. moving the trail camera and you're like, oh, damn, it's a bear. And then it like flips it real hard one last time and it goes perfectly back to the scrape. And then he's like, I know. I was like, well, like, thanks for the adjustment. Back back. And forth. Yeah, he's back and bouncing <laughs> back and forth off both legs, like walking up to it and then jumps up, grabs it, realizes he can't rip it down, lets it go, and then kind of moses off. Like, this is such a weird video. It is. It's, it's a good one. That was one of probably my most unique trail cam videos i got this year so far i've never seen anything some... like that it's crazy i got that bobcat too that killed that squirrel this mm -hmm. year that was pretty crazy but um yeah man so as far as uh cooks want to run us through some of the scents seasonal wise what you're running yeah okay i like I that <clears throat> all right so when you're going to your summer one thing i suggest is uh, getting these mock scrapes out pretty early. Like, try to get them out July, August, even September, depending what state you have, what uh, your opening day is. A lot of them are like October 1st, at beginning of October. But get these bucks preconditioned to where these scrapes are. 
let them know because they're going to hit it in the summer. A lot of people think these deer aren't hitting scrapes during the summer. They only hit them in the rut when they're rutting, chasing those, and that's not true. They will hit these yep. year-round. Yep. I got the video and the proof to show it. But um, yep. It's how they communicate. Yeah, if you get these bucks to know where these scrapes are, come fall when they're actually checking them and, like, checking them for a reason to find a hot doe or see if there's a new buck in the area. They're going to check them way more often. They're going to start pawing the ground real hard. Because in the summer months, they really don't paw the ground much. They will. Like, I've noticed these past few weeks, the bucks are starting to paw the ground already from our cameras that are on our scrapes. But when it comes to, uh, like, your early season, like, these summer, you like, what we use is your dominant buck. They got that in a scent stick or a liquid. I like the liquid. And with the dominant buck, that's okay. basically just, like, your pee. So, uh, I always, for, like, $1, you can buy a spray nozzle from Cook's Fatal. That saves your scent and just disperses it better in my, my mind. So, I'll, after I break up the ground, I either got my scrape tree up or I got my vine or my hanging branch, whatever you're doing. Uh, I will break the ground up and spray that dominant buck right there on the ground because that's naturally what a buck will do. He'll walk up, he'll pee in the, in the bottom part, and then I will rub pre orbital scent stick that's like the one uh i like the most but they also got a the like that pre-orbital liquid which i'm honestly i've never tried that and that's a newer product for him so i'm going to try that and uh i've nice. noticed you don't want to spray too much of it like when you're doing this when you're starting right. a mock scrape like the bottom yeah you can spray more of that dominant buck because when they're peeing they're peeing quite a bit if they're peeing in it so spray quite a bit of that right. but when it comes to that um pre-orbital scent that's like when for people that don't know what that is, that's the scent that comes off their face. Like there's different scents on their face, but like your eye duck and then uh, they got no, the, their nasal scent and stuff like that. So they're rubbing that in the limbs. Yep. So I will grab that. Usually we use a scent stick, but like I just said, I'm going to try that, the liquid spray as well. And you're going to rub that on the, the, the branches. The good thing about the scent stick is it's, it's a wax. It's like a deodorant stick. So it'll stay on there a lot longer. Your normal scent will stay on there right. longer than you think too, because the deer's nose is just incredible. But, uh, yeah, you'll do that, spray those two. And then they also got, like, a keep them calm bedding scent. And then they just have an gotcha. all all round. I've never tried this either. I was going through a scent and didn't even realize he had this. So I'm going to try that as well. But then they got, like, an all year round scent, which is basically like a bedding scent as well. And either spray okay. that keep them calm or spray that, like, all year scent on the limbs because that's just a natural scent. They're walking up, putting their pre-orbital scent on there. And uh, that's what we're doing, man. We're just trying to make these seem more real, as realistic as we possibly can. Yeah. The good thing about Cook's Fatal is it's it's a hundred percent deer urine. There's no additives. He also does have them because some of the states you can't have pure deer urine. You have to have synthetic. So he does have some yeah. synthetic products for those. But I don't use it. I want yeah. it as realistic as I can get. You know what I mean? That's hundred percent, man. That's what that's what I say. Nothing be nothing can beat that natural scent. But yeah, like your your main goal to start these off is just to get the deer to start hitting them. And when your bucks get used to it and they're hitting it, they're putting the scent on it. So you don't have to do it, but you just got to get it started, get them attracted to it. But uh, so once you start to do that, say we're heading into October. Once October hits, these right. bucks are on a different pattern already. They're getting more testosterone. They're getting ready for the rut. And once I would say about October 20th leading into Halloween is when you can start transitioning to your rutting scents and stuff like that. Like Cook's yeah. Fatal's got okay. certified peak doe estrus. They got doe and heat. 
And uh, so those would be like, that's your doughs. When they're ready to get bread, they got the dough and heat. They got or the peak dough estrus. That's like, they're ready right now. Like, let's get it on. And then the dough and heat, like she's ready as well, but it's not quite as potent. But once the rut's kicking in, you don't want to do this too early. Because, I mean, there's a bell curve when it comes to the rut. So some doughs are definitely coming earlier. But uh, I like to wait about, like I said, October 20th, going into Halloween before I start putting these out. But with those, you will just spray that on the ground because naturally these does are going to walk up to these scrapes and they pee in them because uh, I've said this on other podcasts. Scrapes are basically Facebook for deer, man. It's how they communicate. Yeah. It's how they let That's bucks it. know they're ready to breed. It's how bucks let other bucks know he's in here. He's ready to fight if you mess with him. So you just got to like you're, – you're just trying to make it seem realistic. You got to use these scents at the time these deer are actually putting these scents out. And uh, then they have a like that rutten buck scent too. That's at the rutten buck, at that stinky buck. It's when it's got that full testosterone. He's ready to breathe, and then you can start spraying that on the ground as well on these scents. But uh, your pre-orbital stay the same. Pre-orbital scent doesn't change, but your ground scents that the deer are like peeing in the scrapes will change throughout the season. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, man. I always, I always said, man, it's like tinder for deer. <laughs> it really is, man. Because I bet a doe can smell the difference from a two-year-old buck to a six-year-old buck. They got oh, kids. my gosh. Yeah. Because I can smell the difference when I kill them. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. So I got another question for you. Do you think, um, what's your opinion on how many in a certain amount of area you think too many could be hurtful? I'm glad you asked that because going into last year and this year, basically, mainly this year, more so than last year. But I used to be that guy. I was like, all right, I'm going to put minimal scrapes. Like on my family property, I would add like three or four scrapes on that property. And that was it. Because in my mind, I was like, all right, if I have one scrape here, that buck's going to want to come check this one scrape. But as I started adding more scrapes, getting more serious, putting more cameras on them, I'm learning more merrier. You can get a buck to come check three scrapes instead of checking one scrapes he's gonna be on your property for three minutes longer or 20 minutes longer that's the thing that right. scrapes are a game changer if you can get that buck to stay on your property for 5 10 15 30 minutes longer checking scrapes that gives you that many more opportunities of killing them you know what i mean so this yeah. year man that little it's probably a 10 acre spot on the backside of these ridges on this new property we've got on the farm we got like 10 scrapes we've got scrape lines we got what? scrape trees we got vines it's just we're just creating that movement and they're all in like kind of the outskirts it's like one huge line of these scrapes basically is how we're doing them it's just nice because when they're checking them for the rut or right when the rut's starting to heat up these bucks are gonna come check them and uh we're on them like most of our tree stands for sure have one one scrape on that we can shoot to but most of them have at least two and uh as i start dabbling in new things like trying to vine for the first time this year which that's working phenomenally and uh, awesome just learning more man and the more the merrier get that buck to stay on the property more because as you know deer don't walk every time they're not walking through the property at the same time so if you only have a scrape on that back corner he might not walk by he might never check it but if you got to scrape it some point that he has to walk by one of those scrapes, he's going to check it. Like, that's just in a buck's nature. He's going to smell. He's curious. White tails yeah. are very curious animals, and I think that's the best part of a scrape. Get them cur that curiosity peaked up, and uh, hopefully you're sitting in trees when he comes to check one of them. 
Come on, man. I'm down with yeah. that. I like that. Dude. Um, so is there a certain like height you put these, like a rule of thumb you go off of when you're hanging these? Yep. When I'm hanging them, uh, you got to think that a deer doesn't stand like a human does. So I want the bottom of my leaf, bottom of my vine, bottom of my scrape tree branches. When my scrape tree branches, I like them to 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 be diverse in heights. I like them being, let's say, three foot, four foot, five foot, six foot on different sides of it. But for a rule of thumb, I like the bottom to sit at my belly button or my waist because that's like the natural yeah. deer height where a deer doesn't have to stretch crazy. I mean, I've seen it yeah. where deer get on their back legs, a big a buck, and he'll scrape a tree that's six foot up there. But just making it easier on them so they can walk up and just naturally smell yeah. it, especially in these summer months. In the rut, they're a different breed. They'll do way different things, but that's a good rule of thumb. It's about about waist high for your bottom of it. That's what I go off of, too. I, I think, too, sometimes if you put them too high, like chest level, or sorry, chest level, um, you know, and you're making that deer, like you said, have to work for it. You want it to be, I mean, I've, they always take the path of least resistance. Let's face it. Deer are always taking the path. Yeah, definitely usually do. Um, so it's always just, you know, making it easier for them, like you said. I agree with that, buddy. Hell yeah, I'm, man. I'm I mean, anxious. Are we putting in? Do yeah, what? What were you saying? No, you're good. What were you saying? I was, I was going to say, uh, are we putting any mock scrapes in on the family property when we're down there? Yeah, we will. I haven't put any out there, so I'm going to wait for you, and uh, we'll do a video of that together, man. Uh, I'll show you where I've added some. I got haven't added any, man, so I'm, I'm waiting on that property, and I'm a little bit behind on that, but there's deer on it. The pressure has been the lowest it's probably ever been since we've lived there this year, so, man, high hopes if I just got to get these food plots in. Worst comes to worst, I will go in there with a weed whacker, spray it, and then do a no-till, because I'm getting food plots in. Uh, dude, hey, actually, how big how big of an acre do you need? Because I actually have a bag of no-till. I have no use for it. <laughs> for my region, I've done past it. So it was drier yeah. than hell. Back home here. So I'll, do, bring, I'll bring that with. I got three fall plots that I'm going to do. Two of them okay. are like basically conjoined, split by a screen. The other one where the corn is, I can make that one bigger because the corn's doing complete shit. So if I get this tractor running, if I get the tractor running, that's just that's just what it needs to. This part needs to come in. I need to get that running because I need a bush hog, man. It'd be hell hell of a job with a weed whacker. But uh, that's my yeah, plan. If I get the tractor running, I'm just gonna bush hog all over that corn because it's not going to get ears this year. It got too weedy. Since had the time this year, and uh, I'll make that a bigger fall plot. So I'll have some big fall plots in there. All together, it'll be about an acre and a quarter probably. Oh, that's a good plot. That's a good kill plot right there. Yep, and I'll probably make it yeah, diverse, man. adding two or three different things of uh, different brassicas and stuff like that. Yeah, I need you to not let me forget the bag of no-till before it comes. So send me a text reminder because I will All forget, right, I promise you. I got you. <laughs> but yeah, um, man. no, man, I'm, it's just fun, man. I, I really love talking scrapes. I'm, I'm anxious to kind of be in some different terrain features, you know, yeah, Man, Friday can't come fast enough. <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be one of them weeks where it's probably gonna drag out because we're so ready for it. <sighs> work, Hopefully not. Man. Hopefully it's they a quick are. week. But uh, yeah, I got Friday off, be. man. Looked at my work schedule. I'll be working like 10, 11 hour days most days, so I'll still get my forty, and then I'll have Friday off to 
get completely ready for opening day, man. What's what's the GP? What's the game plan for Friday? Oh, I don't know. I'm probably not going to go scout. I got that buck figured out pretty good now. I just I know yeah. where he's trying to head in his bedding area. So I'm going to stick out of there and basically just going to make sure everything's ready, get all my gear packed, make it all look pretty, get ready for opening day, and then uh, be waiting on you to roll in 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> roll in, suit up, and head out. <laughs> yeah, you're going to roll in, unpack. Dude, I was thinking this. I don't know. I, for being opening day – if you do make it with us, I'll probably ride with you just since you've been driving for so long at that time or maybe drive you so you can maybe get a 45-minute <laughs> hour nap in, you know what I mean? But I, I think having dude, two I cars can... I think having two cars at that parking spot would help deter people from coming in there a little bit. Okay. Well, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah, I might be a little, a little tired of driving, so I might need you to take over on the co-pilot there, but um... – yeah, man, we'll, we'll make something work out. I think that would just be a good plan because it's not a huge parking lot. People can park on the side of the road probably if they want to, but if somebody sees you there and they pull up first thing in the morning, because we're, we're planning on getting in there early so we can go be in the stand for a while before sun comes up. And uh, yeah. you pull in and you see two cars already there and nobody's even there getting ready. You're like, fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah, you automatically start second guessing everything. Yeah, but that spot, there's so you can access it. It's a big chunk. There's a lot of different ways you can go, and I've seen cars so in there, we'll but I've never walked people. into anybody. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, opening day, dude. Yeah, I mean, opening day, people have never scouted. They've hunted that for years, so they're probably already know it pretty well. So they're gonna go in there, you know. But the good thing about this spot is there's not a whole lot of access. There's really not. No, that's good. Only a few um, access points. I, I mean, you, you can pull off the road in Kentucky in a lot of spots, I think, but main access, there's not many of them. I know we talked about it. We we might, I don't know, are we taking a boat somewhere, maybe? Possibly. Right. Probably not, though. Maybe if we shoot one. <laughs> just, to, just to get them out, because it would probably be quicker. Not, I don't know. It depends. Yeah. That's a whole other I, thing. Dude, I mean, my I, boat's huge, bro. My boat's like a, I don't even know how long it is. It's a big-ass flat-bottom canoe. 16-footer? Yeah, I don't know if it's that big, but it's it's a three-person comfortable. But it, they they call it a four-person canoe. It's got three seats in it. Oh, my gosh. So it has the real big middle seat. Yeah, it's it's all like that like uh, plastic seat where your the ass is carved out of it. You know what I mean? Oh, nice, man. That's and then it's got, like, a yeah. storage under the middle one, and it's got, like, a leak-proof thing right there in the middle. Three cup holders come out. <laughs> Just in case we're thirsty. Might be thirsty oh, yeah. out there. But, <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to cover on scrapes, too, is uh, when you're hunting scrapes, I've noticed this throughout the years, these does, I feel like it's more does than bucks, but bucks definitely do it pretty often as well the does will bed right next to its grave waiting for a buck to walk up to it so she can get bread if she's ready she will sit there and wait for a buck to come in yeah when when the time is right man the does put out that they put out that vibe just as much as the buck whether we like to admit it or not it might might maybe it's because we're so focused on the buck activity during the rut um that we don't notice it but them does the way they hold their tail position sometimes. I mean, just mm-hmm. little things like that lets them know, like, hey, I'm ready. 
Yeah, exactly. Batting. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and dude, just in uh, especially 100% the last week of October, if you're not hunting a scrape, you're not hunting in the right area in my mind because them yep. bucks are fired yep. up. Going into those last two weeks of October and then that first week of November, those three weeks are scrape city. Because then after that yep. second week of November, I mean, they're rutting hard at that point. That's like your peak of your rut going into that week and the next week for most states. Yep. Yep. Uh, I've I found that to be true here, too. When I uh, reached the Halloween point. Halloween's the moneymaker. Like, okay. That's usually – Halloween's usually when I – Halloween's usually when I uh, transition to those rutting sins that I was talking about earlier. And yeah. Halloween's also that time I start calling heavy. Like, I might start calling that week before, but I'll start rattling in Halloween, you know. Yeah, that's something I wish PA would – I don't know. I've just never had personal luck with rattling here in PA. I haven't had yeah, good you... reactions. But like I said, grunt calling. I'm in the peak rut, second week of November. You know, I'm definitely grunting every 20 minutes. I'm letting out a grunt sequence. And it yep. has worked. I found that to work. For sure, man. But uh, yeah, man, we're, we've been pretty long on this hour and a half. All we can, I mean, me Let's and go. you can always keep talking. But uh, five <laughs> more days, man. Five more days. I'm going to meet five. my brother from. What do you say? No, go ahead, buddy. I said five more days. I'm going to meet my brother that I never met, man. So I'm excited to meet you. I feel like I've already known you for a long time. And that camaraderie is going to be awesome, dude. It's going to be a fun time, man. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's always easy talking. You know, we can always bullshit whitetail for eternity just because our, we usually flow, me and John. Yep. So, so uh, but, for people listening, we're going to have another podcast with uh, – you know him. You've but, been talking to him for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yep. Uh, well, I just actually threw a message out to him here just okay. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Glitzky from yeah I, I I just started following him he's been on several podcasts like I said he's really kind of changed my outlook of being in the Pennsylvania woods public land for that matter um, just yeah. kind of picking up on some bits of information from him he's been really helpful filled with knowledge so I think it'll be a good podcast Hell yeah I'm looking forward to that and then uh, we're going to get a Kentucky podcast like I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe every other day or something we'll do a Kentucky recap, see how that day went, you know? That's great, man. Maybe we can do a live session. I know people love our lives. <laughs> yep, they do. Uh, that's honestly, like, out of all the things, I've got a lot of comments on our lives. People love them. Yeah. So, we can make that happen. It's going to be a fun time, man. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do a live with you sitting next to me. It'll be a good time. Hell, yeah, man. Well, let's let this uh, work week go real fast, and then let's go kill some whitetail. Yes, sir. Tyler, man, I appreciate you. Uh, Always a pleasure, brother. All, you, you're a great addition, man. I love having you on the bloodline. You've been doing a lot already. Thanks, man. That hasn't even started, so. Hell yeah, let's, make, let's give them hell this year, buddy. Yep, we definitely will. And uh, everybody listening, I appreciate it. This was uh, another episode. We're getting in there. We're about to be on the year mark, October. So, uh, big things coming for the bloodline. We're going to be producing a lot of content. We're hitting video and we'll be editing some good videos this year, diving back heavy into that. And our podcast is going to get a lot better right now. It sounds good, but it's going to sound great.
coming into this year because we're in, still in the middle of building our podcast studio and we're going to be doing video podcasts and all that stuff. So Bloodline's blowing up and uh, it's going to happen, man. I'm telling you, we care about it too much. Yep. We're putting in the time. It's going to be our year. It's, a, it's our year. This is, man. This is the one for the books. Let's make it happen, dude. Yes, sir. So everybody, appreciate you listening to another episode of the White Tail Bloodline Podcast. I'm Gavin Sauters. And I appreciate you. And I'm Tyler. Yep. And then we got Tyler Boys. So Tyler Wilbur. Oh. Don't forget the name, man. <laughs> let's he, go. He, he All right, brother, man. Hey. Buck, so. Oh, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. And I'll talk to you. Yep. Like I said, we talk every day. Take it easy. Like we say every time, starting to say it more. Can't kill them on the couch. Get after there. So. Come on. Come on. All right, brother. See you, bro.